Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson, excited to be joined today by Reed Ferguson, long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. We'll get to him in just a moment, but let me ask you this. Do you need health insurance? We'll get quotes for individual health insurance plans at healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Also, be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. And while you're there, you can sign up to receive our weekday email devotional. We call it Unpack This. It's a quick thought about sports, faith, and life delivered directly to your email inbox. And man, we are still uh, churning them out, even though the sports world is on hold. Uh, Man, we've been talking just about free agency in the NFL and just the idea that Sports aren't going on, and it, it triggers a lot of different topics and feelings and reasons to uh, to look to the Bible. So uh, be encouraged. Check out unpackingit.com and sign up to receive Unpack This. Also, stick around at the end of the interview with Reed. Uh, I'll give you just a, a quick wrap-up, uh, and, and one of the topics we discussed I'll, I'll unpack a, a little bit further and, and kind of reiterate what we were discussing because uh, it's a really – just kind of interesting thing to understand, think about, and and hopefully it's an encouragement to uh, to you listening today. And then also, I'll ask him about the you know the Buffalo Bills and how he's feeling about the new team. And what's interesting, their big move in the offseason was Stephon Diggs and and trading for Stephon Diggs. But I feel like they gave up a lot. They gave up a lot to get him. And it is interesting that DeAndre Hopkins went to Arizona. Arizona didn't have to give up as much now unless you value David Johnson as a running back a lot but uh, those two trades are just kind of interesting to compare and who will have a bigger impact next year you know how good will Stefan Diggs be as the go-to wide receiver how will he complement John Brown Cole Beasley what will Buffalo do at tight end uh, Devin Singletary is a nice running back who will they have to compliment him this coming year? And then Josh Allen, will he take another step now that they have Stefan Diggs? He did a lot last year. A lot of it was with his feet. Will he get the ball downfield? You know, how big of a weapon will Stefan Diggs be? How how much did he benefit playing opposite Adam Thielen, who I'm a huge fan of, huge Adam Thielen fan. And so how will Adam Thielen do in Minnesota without Stefan Diggs? So that, that, that'll be interesting, too. So we talked a little bit about uh, the Bills on the podcast today. But, uh, man, we hear all about his story, being a long snapper, his faith journey, and his brother uh, plays at LSU and, and is hoping to be drafted or at least get into the NFL as an undrafted free agent. And uh, so we'll hear all about that as well. 
So thanks for being with us, and let's jump right in to Reed Ferguson. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the Unpacking It podcast is Reed Ferguson. He is the long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. He played his college football at LSU and was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Bills in 2016 and has a a unique story, an interesting story, and so we're excited to have him on the show today. Reed, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you on, and and from what I understand, yesterday was your birthday. So how how was it, And, and happy birthday. (laughs) <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was, um, it was kind of a unique uh, way to celebrate a birthday, being, you know, uh, with the with the whole situation going on and having to kind of just stay hunkered down. But um, no, it was good. I've got my fiance and then my brother, uh, who is actually training um, for the dra- upcoming NFL draft. He's uh, living at home with me uh, right now, so. We're doing a lot of our training together, so it was it was the three of us, and we had a good time. And I got the grill out last night, so that was awesome. But I'm just trying to make the most of it. That that's cool. Well, what do you like to grill? What would you grill last night? We did chicken and steaks. Um, it was phenomenal. Uh, and then I've got a smoker uh, in Ooh. Buffalo that I like to use, but I don't have that currently uh, at my house here in Atlanta unfortunately uh, I would love to would have loved to do some ribs last night but pick and choose <laughs> no I, I hear you well uh we'll, we'll talk about the, the the virus and all that that kind of thing but uh, one other thing I wanted to mention to you is you, you grew up in Atlanta you still live in Atlanta but you of course play with the the Buffalo Bills so uh so we were talking beforehand you you, you gotta stay in Atlanta because the weather's tough in Buffalo so how, how'd you kind of work that out to to be able to to stay in Atlanta while also playing with the Buffalo Bills? I grew up here in Atlanta, uh, mostly on the north side of the city in Alpharetta. I went to school in in Buford on kind of the northeast side of the city. And then after my brother uh, left for LSU, uh, my parents moved over here to Smyrna, kind of on the west side. Uh, as they became empty nesters and uh, once I was doing my training and signed up with Buffalo just kind of knowing how much time we got for the off season uh, etc all that kind of all that good stuff I wanted to kind of set up a home base that wasn't in that in that really cold weather I kind of wanted to be able to you know travel and and enjoy my off season kind of in some warm weather you know because you know half basically half of the half the season uh, November, December, you're you're up in Buffalo and it's and it's freezing cold. So, oh. <laughs> just to get away from it a little bit, uh, that was kind of my main thing. And then I've got seasons season tickets to the uh, soccer team, Atlanta United down here that I that I really love to follow. So uh, that's another another reason for me to come down here in the off season and enjoy my time here. 
That that's awesome. Very cool. So when I was young, I lived in Rochester, New York, outside of Buffalo, and then my family moved to Charlotte, and we've never looked back. So I understand the the desire to stay in the go. south and be in the south uh, with the weather and all that. So it makes sense. Well, right. well, man. So you had to cel- celebrate your birthday at, at home, and and of course everybody's hunkered down right now. So. How has the, this whole virus situation affected you personally, and, and how is it affecting just kind of your, your schedule and life and, and all that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it has, yeah, and, and, and to your point, it's been crazy, but uh, it hasn't really affected me a ton, I would say, um, so far, you know, fortunately, but, you know, it, it's, I guess, it, you know, no more than, than anybody else, it's, you know, trying to find the new normal, um, as of, you know, right now taking, you know, given your current situation, but, um, it's just, you know, I don't have, uh, you know, an at home gym. I don't have, you know, a lot of home workout stuff. Cause I've got, you know, a handful of gyms around me that I'm available, you know, usually available to go to. So I've never really, uh, worried about that. Um, you know, except for right now, but, uh, you know, just kind of trying to find, um, at home workouts that I feel are, are giving me a good, you know, a good enough workout to where I'm not, you know, I'm not lifting weights, but you know, I can do a lot of body weight stuff. I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at, but, um, you know, still getting out and be able to snap with my brother and, and kind of help him train. And then, um, you know, of course, making sure I've got enough toilet paper. <laughs> I actually, man, we're, we're running out at my house. So we're, we're in trouble. I uh, I went to the yeah. grocery yeah, store yesterday. Target. My my brother found some at Target this morning. So if you find your way over there today, they might have some. Yeah, I got to start getting getting aggressive. So yeah, I went somewhere yesterday and they were wiped out. So uh, yeah, yeah, could I don't want to get get uh, get in trouble there. But um, but man, well, so you you mentioned your your brother Blake and and he just is leaving LSU, hoping to to make it to. Uh, the NFL as well, and kind of following in, in your footsteps. And, and of course, LSU uh, just won the, the championship uh, a month or two ago. And so uh, explain kind of to our, our listeners uh, a little bit about the, the dynamic between you and your brother and just the, the fact that both of you are long snappers, which is you know it's such a, a unique position, a rare position to not only make it in college, but definitely in the NFL, 32 spots. And so he's, uh, he's fighting for that him, himself. Uh, so, so what, what is that, that dynamic like between you two? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a, I mean, it's a, I guess you would say it's a good dynamic. Um, he came in, uh, he redshirted my senior year at LSU. So I was able to spend some time with him, uh, you know, kind of in that phase of our life, uh, as I was you know going through my last year snapping and he was, you know, just coming into college, I was able to take him under my wing and kind of show him the ropes uh, you know, during that phase of our life. Now, you know, we reach this next stage where it's a much bigger scale of, of what's, you know, I don't want to say of what's at risk, but of what's at stake, I guess is a better phrase. But, you know, I would say it's been, uh, it's been good for me to kind of to have him here because this is really the most time that we've spent together since we lived together when we were both in high school. Mm. Um, so it's been good to kind of, you know, to relax and, and talk with them and kind of, um, you know, some really spend some quality time. Cause other than holidays over the past, you know, eight years it, that, you know, we, that's kind of the only time we've gotten to spend together. 
um, at home. So it's, it's been good. I've enjoyed it, but, um, just really teaching him, uh, you know, some of the blocking schemes, uh, techniques, uh, different things to watch for kind of how to, how to integrate yourself into a new team. Um, that's all important stuff that he's going to have to know, um, you know, here, here soon when, you know, when he gets picked up by a team. Yeah, and then what's kind of your uh, encouragement to him, but then also just the you know the reality that man, there's only 32 spots in the NFL. I mean, it's such a a rare position, and so what is kind of your your perspective on that, and and how how have you been able to uh, just help him understand that reality? Yeah, so I mean, when I and I've kind of reached back a little bit um, to when I was coming out in in 2016, you have to be. Um, comfortable with your skill level to know that, yes, you are good enough to play in this league, but at this position, you know, you know, I mean, I guess you could say at any position, but at the specialist position, timing is everything. Mm. Uh, it's being available when a spot opens up being, you know, taking, you know, being on call when whoever, some, some guy goes down with an injury and the team is calling you Sunday evening after the game, and they say, "Hey, we need to fly you in for a workout tomorrow." It's being available and being, and, you know, being that guy mm. that picks up the phone and is able to get somewhere immediately and taking advantage of that opportunity. And whether or not it happens, you know, he could get drafted. He, you know, he's he's the number one guy coming out, so he's got a good chance, you know, potentially, um, you know, being picked up in the draft, but. Uh, 99 out of you know percent of the time that doesn't happen. You know, one guy gets drafted a year, you know, maybe. Yeah. So if you are fortunate enough to get drafted, you're still going to have to fight for a spot, uh, most likely, because chances are most uh, most teams will will have another guy competing with a rookie. Um, you know, even though you did get drafted, it's kind of your spot to lose, but you still have to go out there and perform. Uh, and win the job because the team is not going to put you out there if they're not confident you can get the job done. If it doesn't happen, worst case, you come home uh, like I did in uh, 2016. I got I went all the way through training camp. I was uh, first cuts after the third preseason game uh, with Buffalo, and I came home, and I was basically home for two months, uh, that first two months of the season, uh, just working out, trying to find out. I was walking dogs for about $100 a week. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, I was living at home, but I, you know, I didn't have a lot of expenses, but, you know, I, and I was fortunate enough in that position to be in that position. But, you know, it's, <clears throat> you've got to, you've got to find it in yourself to where you know that you're good enough to play and you have, you have, you know, and, and faith, you know, going back to the original, uh, kind of the original reason uh, we're talking here on this podcast, the faith that I had in, in God, um, that he had a plan for me. Uh, and my parents are a big part of that for, for keeping me encouraged. But I knew God had a plan for me. I knew I was good enough to play uh, in the NFL. And I knew that if I kept putting my best foot forward, that it would eventually all work out. And, you know, four years later, uh, God has been very, uh, he, he's blessed me with, a lot of great opportunities and, and one of those opportunities is to play for the Buffalo Bills and uh, I've enjoyed every every bit of that but um, I know I'm getting a little long-winded here but no, I great. guess the ultimate answer your the ultimate answer to your question would be just encouraging him that 
you know, if it doesn't work out the first time, if it doesn't work out the second, third, fourth time, you know, there's a, there's a handful of guys that I know in, in the league at the long snapper position that it took them three, four, five, six rounds of workouts with, you know, these guys, there's some guys that are snapping in the league right now that are a couple years in there, maybe 30 years old because it took them four or five years to get in and they had workouts with maybe 20 teams. Mm. So, and to, you know, and that's what it goes back to the timing aspect of it. Uh, you never know when it's going to hit. Um, and you just have to be ready and, and, and uh, keep yourself in the best position to, to be there when your name is called. That, that's right. And it really, that's great advice for, for all of us, uh, you know, regardless of the, the job or whatever opportunity we're waiting for. Uh, but, man, I mean, long snapping is such a, a unique skill, and, and that position, uh, you're right. I mean, so many guys, their stories bouncing around different teams or waiting for the call. And we, we've actually had multiple guys on the show. I mean, Clint Gresham and – uh, JJ Jansen yeah. and Matt Overton and uh, a bunch of different guys have been a part of the show. So uh, we've, we've heard some of that, that perspective and it's always fascinating to me, just that, that position. And then to hear that, all right, here you are an elite, you know, one of 32 right now. And then your brother's coming in as the top ranked guy coming in out of college. And so I just got to ask, how did both of you, you know, pursue long snapping and, and, and really how did both of you end up getting to, to such a high level? Yeah, so I started um, when I was in eighth grade. Uh, our center and long snapper got hurt. Uh, I was uh, playing tight end and defensive end at the time, but I wasn't really playing. I was just, you know, another guy on the team. So my dad, I was think. I mean, I, I had gotten to the point where I was thinking about just stop playing because I was because I wasn't getting on the field. So my dad, you know, hey, maybe you should try out long snapping. It's a way to get on the field. Uh, you know, it's something we could practice. Um, you know, at home. Like, you know what? Sure, I'll give it a shot. Why not? You know, started going to camps uh, all throughout, you know, my first couple years of high school, went to camps all through high school, but started going to a couple camps into my eighth grade year. Um, and then, you know, I was working on it all the time. I mean, I was practicing, you know, 6 a.m. before school, you know, that's it's, but that's the kind of dedication that, that it takes to, to kind of get to where we are now. But you know, a lot, lot, a lot of practice over the years. But uh, and, and then I think, and my brother started when he was in seventh grade. We're three years apart. So when I was in tenth grade, he was in seventh grade. He started long snapping, and um, you know, we, we've pushed each other a lot over the years. Uh, you know, I've tried to, as the older brother, I've tried to um, set, you know, set a good example for him, and, and kind of set uh, expectations. Uh, so, you know that he can aim to exceed on his way to potentially uh, playing in this league someday. So, you know, he, he was a starter on, you know, I was a starter on varsity. He was a starter on varsity. Mm. Uh, I played for four years at LSU. He played for four years at LSU. Wow. Now, you know, I'm snapping in the league, uh, you know, going into year five and, you know, he's, he's going into the draft this year, hoping to make it now, hoping to make it in the league. So, you know, that's, I just feel that it's my responsibility to set the best example I can. Um, and I, you know, I feel like I've done that so far. I love it. And then I was reading, too, that your parents have never missed a game. Is that right? That is correct. For, yes. for both they, of you. That is right. That is right. I don't know how they do it, but wow. they do it. Um, they, they crush it, and they would not miss a game for the world. Oh, that's neat. It's amazing. Oh, I'd lo- love to hear that. And then for you, you, you were at the uh, LSU championship game, and so what was that like? 
you know, watching your brother win and, and kind of being on the other side as a fan, watching your alma mater win it all and then specifically watching your brother win it? I mean, that yeah, that was that night was um, just absolutely incredible. I mean, it's no words, you know, really to describe seeing your little brother and, you know, the alma mater thing kind of comes second. But to see your little brother, uh, you know, my little protege, <laughs> uh, kind of, you know, he go, he, he snapped great. Um, you know, just to see him reach the, you know, basically the, the peak of college football, an absolute, it was an incredible night and I'll never forget it for sure. I bet. Did you watch it with your parents in the crowd or on the sideline? Yeah, well, I was, um, I got to go down the sideline, um, pregame just to visit with Blake a little bit, but, uh, I watched the game from, from the seats. Cool. Well, well, man, lo- that was awesome. love hearing uh, just a little bit about your football journey and, and just the, the relationship with your brother, and it's just uh, it's really neat to hear. I, I've got two younger brothers, so uh, I know that bond, and it's uh, it's awesome. So, but but I also know that your faith is really important to you, and you alluded to it a, a, a little bit, and and so would love to hear just some of your faith journey, and and specifically what have been some of the key turning points and, and some of the times where you really feel like you, you've grown in your faith and, and God has really, you know, just done some incredible work in your life. Absolutely. Um, so grew up in the church, uh, grew up, uh, in the Baptist church, uh, here in, you know, here in Georgia, we're, we're you know, going to church every Sunday doing, uh, Awana on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, I kind did. of the whole night, the whole nine yards, but I did that. Um, what, well, yeah, I mean, it's something I, you know, I've I enjoyed when I was growing up. But yeah, I mean, it, it kind of go, you know, going through high school, being being a part of the FCA at, at our high school, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that, you know, the, we would rotate once a week after practice and, and different guys would host the Bible study. So I, you know, I would do that uh, every couple of weeks um, in front of a group of guys on the team after after a practice during the week. Wow. Uh, I really enjoyed, you know, enjoyed doing that. And, and looking back on it, that was, I'm kind of amazed that, that uh, able to, to kind of do that at, at that age. But uh, yeah, and then, and then just kind of feeding into uh, college, you know, I, I, you know, I, and I'm comfortable enough in my faith now, but uh, you know, the first couple of years, you know, you go off to college, you kind of, you're, you're not in, in the house anymore. You kind of, you drift mm. and, I'm not afraid, you know, not afraid to say that happened to me. I drifted kind of my first two years of college, um, went to church occasionally, uh, but not regularly uh, like I should have. And then my last two years, you know, I kind of got back into it and then uh, and kind of got and got more involved in the FCA program at school. And then when I kind of left, that's when I kind of was, I guess you could say, upping or increasing my my prayer regimen. Uh, because I felt like God, if I prayed more and if I was more obedient, that God would bless me with a chance to play, uh, you know, on an NFL team. That's that's kind of how I felt, you know, in, in the beginning of the draft process, hmm. uh, you know, which 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 in which you know, looking back on it, it, it was was not, you know, fully the right thing for me to do. You know, he God has a plan for me. You know, whether no matter how much I pray, you know, he he knows what, what is best for us, even when we don't ask him. So, uh, you know, as, as the draft process went on, I, I, you know, I really, really started to focus 
more on my faith, you know, going to church since I was living back at home, I was, I was going to church every Sunday, you know, you know, devotion, doing devotionals during the week, uh, lots, you know, still continuing lots of prayer, but then, you know, it kind of turned into, I don't know, I don't know the right, the right phrasing, but, you know, being, just being, I kind of returned to being more comfortable with myself and where I was with my faith to the point where I was fully trusting, you know, God's plan for me as I was going through um, that, 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 you know, pretty, you know, going through that time, uh, going through that process when so much can change for, for an athlete's life. Um, that's a pretty impressionable time period, but I was, I was fully content with giving it all to God, mm. you know, just understanding that uh, it's not, it's not, it's not what I do or how much good I do. You know, it's not a work-based religion. It's, 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 it's really focusing on that personal relationship that I had with, with Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, through daily prayer and through daily devotionals, I was uh, just able to reach that point of comfortability and trusting God's plan and knowing that he had uh, my best interests in mind. And I think as odd as it is to say, I think that um, when I did get cut, uh, you know, I felt so good about my performance going through the whole off season and, and training camp and then getting cut. I, I felt so good after I was released about, about my performance that I knew, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier, I knew that I was good enough to play in this league for someone, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was going back to Buffalo or going somewhere else. And um, that gave me comfort. I wasn't stressed about anything. Um, I knew that it was all in his hands. And in the next day, I had I actually had a workout with um, the Seahawks. So I flew out to Seattle uh, like the two days later after I got cut um, and had a workout with Seattle. That didn't obviously didn't work out, but uh, I just knew that, that, that there was a plan in place. And if I kept trusting, uh, trusting in the Lord that he would, uh, he would provide for me <laughs> the rest is history, but that's awesome. um, yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been really great. And I'll just touch for a minute. Um, our team chaplain, when the new regiment came in, Coach McDermott, and I'm sure you're familiar from uh, living in Carolina. But oh, yeah. uh, when McDermott and Bean came to Buffalo, uh, they brought uh, a guy named Lynn Vandeboss uh, with them to be the team chaplain. And Lynn was in Chicago. He worked for the Bears for a while and then also worked uh, with the Ravens for a couple years. Um, but he has he's our team chaplain and has been for three years now. And he has been one of the biggest blessings um, to me uh, in my life. I mean, he, he his door is always open. And he and a side note, he's actually uh, marrying uh, my fiance and I uh, at our wedding. Um, no, he has been he has been a huge blessing to me and really to our whole team. But uh, we, he holds chat. You know, we do a thirty minute chapel Saturday night before a Sunday game. We have Monday Bible study to go uh, over what we did in chapel. On on Thursday nights, we have family night where somebody will host, and a and a bunch of couples will get together and we'll do a Bible study on Thursday. So it's really you know we're we're getting in the Word three times a week with our teammates and it's. Uh, you know, it's really making a difference in, in our team. And 
the guys that we have on our team are, are incredible and they're re- really feeding into it and it's been great to watch. Oh man, no, that's encouraging to hear and, and really just appreciate you, uh, you sharing your story. And there's kind of two parts that I want to maybe unpack a little bit further. And it was the, the part where you were talking about how, you know, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to do more, and I'm hoping to get something in return. You, you know, you want to get to the NFL and you're like, all right, if I do all these things, then. And, you know, that's the mentality. And I guess I just want to relate to that. And I know that people listening can relate to that mentality. And I actually, I just finished a book today called The Cure. And it's all about grace and, and there's a lot of different topics in it. But this, this I'm passionate about kind of discussing this is, you know, the idea that, you know, we think that we just have to, you know, do more and be better. And, and we put so much pressure on ourselves to try to earn God's either favor or God's blessings, and ultimately, he just wants us to trust him. He wants us to love him and rest in his grace, and you know, we'll, we'll end up praying more because we want to be with him, and we want to communicate, and we want him to be a part of every aspect of our life, and, and whether he you know, answers the prayers exactly how we think he should or whether he doesn't, and we go through suffering and tough times and disappointment, all of it is part of his, his plan, and he works it for our good, and and to rest in that is uh, is so important. But I think I'm with you as someone who grew up in the church, and you know we we get caught up in oh we got to go to you know this many Bible studies, or I got to spend this much time with the Lord, and it can become an obligation. It can become out of duty where we we miss out on the joy of of just spending time with the Lord because we want to, and we want to pray because we want to. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to right. add add to to that because I appreciate you sharing that, and and I can relate to it. And I don't know if you have anything else to. Uh, to respond with, but I thought that was a, a good point to bring up. I think it's probably just a part of a lot of people's journey. Yeah, is kind of going through that, um, going through that thought process. But uh, I think it's, I think it really ultimately comes down to uh, managing your expectations of of the Lord. Like you said, you know, expecting more in return for more prayer, more devotionals, more, you know. If I do more, do more, do more, I'm expecting to get more in return. That's not how it works. Mm. And just realizing, realizing, getting to that realization earlier in your faith is only going to, you know, project you uh, even further, I think. So, but yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. We, We feel like God is obligated to give us this or that because we did this. And, and so, Right. Um, you know, the the other part of that is, yeah, the, the more we pray and the more we uh, obey and follow his plan, there are blessings that come with that, the joy, the peace. And it's not always exactly, you know, oh, we get this or get that, but we experience God more. And that's better than even you know anything else that we we think we're going to attain or, or uh, you know, just in our selfish, worldly mentality. So, um so yeah, hopefully that's encouraging to somebody listening today and, and, and just relating to uh, to read story a little bit. And, and then the other thing I was going to ask you too, you, you mentioned in college where, you know, hey, you, you get caught up in, in just kind of the college life for the first couple of years. What ended up being the turning point to where you said, all right, I, I've got to make some changes and, and, and really starting to pursue the Lord again? What, what kind of led to that? Um, You know, thinking back on it, I'm and this is not a great answer for – an interview like this, but I don't know if there was a, a real turning point. I think I was just, um, I was missing uh, being a part of 
something bigger than myself, not football related. Hmm. And I, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up in the same church for, for a long time and I had, you know, with the youth group and everything. And I was a part of, you know, that those were, I had friends there, but then, you know, you go off to college and, um, you kind of miss that, those relationships, uh, with that as that religious aspect to them. You know, that's something that I didn't have my first couple of years in college. Mm. And I think, um, that's kind of what pulled me back. Uh, into going, you know, going back to church regularly and and trying to get involved as much as I could. That that's awesome. And now you, you it sounds like you've got that kind of brotherhood and community with your teammates in Buffalo. So so you get kind of the the best of both worlds there, which is uh, encouraging to hear. And and speaking of those bills, we got to talk a little football uh, in regards to the NFL. Uh, man, coming off a ten and six season, nice big trade getting Stephon Diggs. Tom Brady leaves the AFC East. How how you feeling? How's the team feeling just kind of at this point in the offseason? Yeah, uh, feeling great. Yeah, it was um, definitely encouraging uh, to kind of see some of the moves that we made uh, last week. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, last season was incredible. We, you know, we had a good season. Uh, a couple more, you know, if a couple results go the other way in the regular season, we could have been looking at, you know, po- possibly a home, home field advantage. So, uh, that's kind of that's kind of the main that's the main goal, uh, you know, win the division when you go into in, into the season from the get go. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's great. Um, looking forward to this season and and kind of with all the stuff going on, it's actually pretty crazy right now because they just shut down um, all the facilities for yeah. two weeks, I believe. But I mean, we were supposed to report uh, April twentieth mm. um, back up in Buffalo for OTAs and stuff. And that they've 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 suspended that or postponed it indefinitely. So we really don't even have a date uh, currently where where we're planning on uh, reporting back for workouts with the team. So uh, I think it's going to be a while before before we're back together. But um, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of just a crazy time right now. Gosh, it is. But as as an NFL fan, I've been thankful for the the NFL news, and so we're we've been kind of counting on all right. At least we'll have the NFL in the fall. So I, I don't know. We we still don't know if that's the case, but uh, it, it is concerning that the, uh, the the facilities have been shut down. So how how has the communication been like between you and other teammates? How are you guys you know just trying to stay connected kind of during this time? Yeah, just uh, pretty much just keeping up with each other. Um, you know, texting and whatnot. Uh, you know, I try to talk to my punter and my kicker uh, on a on a regular basis. Um, kicker Stephen Hashka, he's out in California, so he's kind of a couple hours behind. But um, my punter's in Buffalo right now, so I, I actually was just on the phone with him earlier, telling him that I'll be back in a couple weeks and we can get together out on the field to to get our timing down. But uh, you know, that's that's kind of the tough part um, about this is you know that we don't know when, you know, when we can officially get back together uh, as a team, but you still don't want to lose that timing aspect because in the kicking game, that's so important. So it's just, I mean, it's just an odd situation that you, that we're, that we're constantly trying to figure out. I feel like it's every, every moment it seems, yeah, new news and things are changing and yeah, it's a wild time. And I'm thankful that we can, uh, yeah, trust in the Lord during this time, and and He's our our anchor through it all. But uh, definitely, absolutely, definitely a lot of uncertainty for all of us, and uh, the the NFL is not uh, not above that either, which is uh, which is crazy. But 
Uh, Reed, man, uh, love love talking with you today, and and I, I just want to wrap up with this because I'm I'm looking at your uh, your tr- Twitter profile earlier today, and it says you're a, a Chick Fil A enthusiast, and so I love Chick Fil A. You're in Atlanta, the home of Chick Fil A. So for you to put Chick Fil A enthusiast in your in your Twitter profile, that means you're on another level. So so what does that look like? What does that that mean? Man, I'll tell you what I think. Sometimes I think Chick-fil-A is, I don't want to say the devil, Chick-fil-A <laughs> is a bad temptation. There's like three restaurants, like with probably within five minutes of my house. It's, it's not good, uh-huh. but um, no, I mean, you know, I, I watch what I eat, so I try not to go there too much, but um, I do like to indulge myself on, on the odd off day uh, that I'm not working out, try to, treat myself a little bit but um no i love chick-fil-a there's no there's no getting around it i love it what, what's your go-to then um i like to get two two sandwiches one one of the grilled clubs and then i uh, gotta go with og number one but um i hate pickles so i get no pickles and i and i add a little bit of cheese on it so okay i add my own little flair there but uh yeah chick-fil-a is 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 probably i, I think on 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 the maybe the eleventh day, God created Chick Fil A sauce. So <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on the Chick Fil A sauce. I, I go uh, absolutely spicy chicken, um, and then I, I've been trying to eat a little healthier, so I'll do the Cobb salad. But I still get the little nuggets. There you go. I get the the fried nuggets on top, so it's not that healthy, but but yeah. still still delicious. Yeah. So man, uh, f- funny story. I I, uh, I worked for Chick Fil A for about a year in high school. Oh nice. And um, that was right when they came out with the spicy chicken. Ooh. And it was. And I don't know if you tried it when it first came out, but it was so spicy, like way too spicy. Wow. And I think they actually, t- you know, they they tilted it back a little bit to kind of be more consumer friendly because it <laughs> it wasn't doing so hot when it came out. But um, but yeah, fun fact. I I, I like the spicy now. I couldn't eat it when it came out, but I I, I eat it every now and then when, uh, now that it's more more bearable for my taste buds. That that's funny because yeah, it it just has enough of a kick. But I'll even add some of the hot sauce, the buffalo hot sauce, to it. So. Mm. I take it up a notch a little yeah, bit. But there you go. That's the sauce isn't too spicy anyway, but uh, but yeah, Chick Fil A, good stuff. So we'll we'll uh, end it right there. And and read, man, excited for you. You're getting married. So next time on the show, we'll we'll have you on and we'll we'll talk about marriage. Uh, but but wish you the best with that. And uh, we also ran out of time. I was going to ask you about Israel. So we got to we'll, we'll we'll try to do this again. But really appreciate you being a part of the show today. And uh, enjoy the rest of the off season. Uh, the best you can, and with all the uncertainty. But uh, but thanks for sharing your your faith with us and, and being an encouragement to us today. Absolutely, and uh, thanks again for having me on. I uh, hope I can uh, make a small difference in somebody's life. Absolutely, definitely. Well, he's Reed Ferguson joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. fun really cool to get to know reed and, and just appreciate his relaxed uh kind of attitude and just uh just fun talking to uh to somebody you know in a similar situation as us where we're all dealing with this virus one way or another and how it's affecting our whole world 
But but to hear, hey, the NFL, like they're not above this. And as much as I think the NFL is, you know, dominant and they're gonna do whatever they can to have this season, they're still limited. They they still, you know, right now they gotta close down facilities and they can't avoid a, a lot of the shutdown that's taking place. Uh, which is which is just interesting because we always view the NFL as just dominant and they can do whatever they want. So we'll see how that plays out uh, when the fall gets here. It's still only March, uh, but I am curious to see what the draft ends up looking like. I heard today that it could be each round uh, a night of the week. So for seven straight days, we could have the NFL draft. Is that is that real? Is that going to happen? That would be tremendous. That gives us something for seven days. Come on, NFL. We need it. Let's uh, let's let's jump on that. But uh, but the, the big takeaway for me is, is the conversation that Reed and I had in regards to this idea that we expect God to do something for us when we feel like we're doing something for him. And so we feel like, all right, if I go to church, if I pray more, if I read my Bible more, then God owes me or he's going to do blank in return. And I think it's a it's a misguided view of God, and really it's it's too me focused, it's too self focused, and we think that God is just there, you know, for us to give us whatever we want, or you know, he really it just comes down to a genie mentality, and this plays out too that oh no, if I don't do enough, then God is going to be mad at me, and he's going to you know cause pain and he's going to make this happen and everything's going to be bad in my life. And so either way, we, we just have to really have a proper view of God. And, and it takes reading his word and, and understanding his character and, and what we'll come to realize. And honestly, I'm growing in this area myself, just having the, the right picture of God. I've been reading a couple books recently that it really has it's helped with this, but it's recognizing just how much God loves us. And like we hear that, and you go, yeah, 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 God loves us. No, let that set in. God loves us, and he wants us to enjoy him, and he wants us to, to give up control to him and, and, and wants us to you know, obey him because his way is best, and his way protects us. And so he's not trying to steal our thunder or steal our fun or whatever. He just knows that we'll be most satisfied when we're most satisfied in him, and we're living for his glory and we're resting in his love and resting in his grace. And, and so we'll want to read and study and spend time with him and follow him and obey because it, when we recognize his love and grace, like that's, that's when we realize that all those things, they, they come a lot naturally and we don't have to force it. And, and we're not, we just want to please him. We're not looking for him to, you know, do, do all these things just for us. But the reality is, those things do start to happen, and and doors open up, and and as we're obedient, it leads us to the next step, and 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 God does bless, and and he he shows us favor along the way, but we don't do certain things for the favor, you, you know. So it's a different mentality, and and sure, suffering comes, struggles come, but a lot of times that'll happen when we are reading and praying and following the Lord because they're they're designed to either help us or help someone else in our life and they're, they're, it's designed to strengthen our faith and dependence on him and develop our character and so we grow deeper and deeper even in the struggle a lot of times and so Reed was talking about how 
you know, during that that time of waiting for the next job. And so, sure, there are there are disappointing times and waiting periods where God does some of His best work in us and and through us uh, during those times. And so, I think ultimately we've got to let go of the legalistic mentality of I've got to do, I should do, uh, I have to do this and that versus resting in, I get to. I get to spend time with God. I get to read His Word. I get to pray. I get to go to church. I get to, well, right now we can't, but I get to go to church. I get to watch church online and fellowship with with other believers. You know, I, I get to share my faith with others, not out of obligation, but out of joy and out of just the opportunity to do that. And so, uh, would love to know your thoughts on this. If you have any questions or, you know, what what is this trigger for you in your own life, would love to hear from you. So you can shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. And I don't have all the answers and I haven't mastered this by any means. And I still get caught up in, all right, Lord, I'm doing all this work for you. When are you going to bless me? And I'm guilty of that. And And a lot of times the blessing is, Bryce, I've got you. I've got you in my care. I've got you in my hands. I've got I'm preparing a place for you in heaven. I'm 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 doing incredible work that you can't even uh see yet, but you will down the line here even here on earth. Um there are are seeds that are being planted that will bear fruit later on and maybe it won't happen right now. And so God's working on me as well. And so um I'm I'm trying to rest more in him, meaning not putting all the pressure on me. Not trying to do more and oh I gotta I gotta fight and do I gotta it's all on me and God's got this. God's got a great plan, purpose. We just have to be obedient one step at a time. It's it's really it's it's simple but yet difficult to do because we want to know wait, wait wait what's this gonna lead to and what's happening next. So we can talk more about it, but uh but I'll leave that I'll leave it right there for you and I, I hope that that's encouraging. Again, shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Let me know your thoughts or questions on this topic and, and any other things, uh, any other opinions or thoughts or truth that you can add to this topic would be would be great to hear from you as well. But that's all I got for today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Reed and uh, check out our other podcast as well. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, share. Greatly appreciate all of that. But as always, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected. And through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Hang in there. Have a great one. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.